The following evening, Gary's dad decided to check out the local watering holes where the adult starlings, with some of their curlew and winged plover neighbours, gathered tree lacks after a hard day working on the coastline. Upon visiting the third such watering hole, he spied the target of his after-supper journey. As he made his way over to the wearer of the funny peaked hat, scarf and eye contraption, he could not but notice the countless sets of beady eyes that followed his every step. The owners of those beady eyes turned to each other and murmured, What's that giant doing frequenting these premises? To the onlooking starlings, Gary's da was indeed a giant, and a giant was not an exaggeration, as he was at least seven times the size of the biggest starling at the watering hole, and their curiosity peaked when he stopped at the table where an elderly starling sat alone. May I join you, sir? said Gary's da. The elderly starling suspiciously eyed the gannet that towered over him. All he saw was a chest full of white feathers and large, dark, webbed feet. By Jove, he's a big unit, he muttered. After a few seconds, the colonel looked back up at the giant's creamy yellow head and nodded. Be my guest. The name's Starling, Colonel Starling. Officer commanding the Cadet School of Formation Flying. And how can I help you, old chap? Well, I'm wondering, said Gary's dad before he sat down on a chair. Or to be precise, before he attempted to sit down. The chair he chose was not as sturdy as he thought it was, and it smashed into smithereens the moment he sat on it. And much to his embarrassment, he ended up on the floor. Oh, apologies, apologies, he stuttered while he pulled out two splinters of wood from his backside. Applause and giggles broke out amongst the other clientele in the premises. Perhaps it would be better if we went for a stroll, said Gary's dad. Curling Starling threw his wings up to the heavens. He had wanted a quiet evening, but there was little chance of that now. All right, old chap. Probably better off away from those nosy parkers anyway. After paying for the damages to the furniture, Gary's dad joined Colonel Starling as he made his way out into the evening air. Even though the sun had begun to set behind the western hills, it was still pleasantly warm. The usual onshore breeze had not yet started to blow. So how can I help you, old chap? Now let me guess, you want to discuss my theories on formation flying and my esteemed opinions on how to impart that knowledge to willing students. Uh, well, um, to be honest, sir, I'm more interested in your attire. My attire? Are you a scout for a modeling agency? You are, aren't you? I can just see it now. Yes, yes. Next, next, we have the dapper, debonair, the darling of the murmuration, the one, the only, Colonel Starling, wearing the latest... Uh, no, 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 I, I, I'm not a scout for any modeling agency. I'm just interested in that contraption that you wear over your eyes. What? said the colonel, kind of disappointed that his modelling career was over before it even began. Uh, You know, they're they're just like what humans call spectacles. Oh, my dear man, you mean my goggles? Oh, goggles, that's what they're called. Do they contain glass, and do they improve your eyesight? Yes, on both counts, old chap. Good. 
So please tell me, Colonel, where can I get a pair of them? Oh, I got them off a pigeon friend of mine. And where can I find this pigeon? Oh, good old stool. Let me think. The last I heard of him, he was working for the police. Stool pigeon. Let me guess, he's working undercover. Well, actually, no, he's in the flying squad. Do you know him, old chap? Oh, come on, Colonel, pull the other one. I'm deadly serious here. I want to get a pair of goggles for my young son. For your son? Why didn't you say that in the first place, old chap? Come on, follow me. We need to see if he's in. He's a nasty piece of work, you know. You'll probably frighten the living daylights out of him. But don't worry, that's a good thing. Come on, come on. Hang on one second. I don't wish to harm anyone, and I want to pay for the goggles. But of course, old chap. Come on, follow me, follow me. The colonel waved his right wing and beckoned Gary's dad further down the pasture. Hey, will you listen to me? I wish no harm to anyone. Of course you don't, old chap. Look, nearly there. I'll do the talking. He soon spotted the large nest he was looking for. Just stand over there to the side of the nest. Yeah, they're just there. There's a good chap. There's a good chap. Colonel Starling kicked the bottom of the nest with his foot. Come out, Maggie, you thieving so-and-so. A black head popped out of the nest. On closer examination, the head had a more bluish-purple gloss rather than just plain black. What do you want, you old codger? said Mr. Maggie, the resident of the large nest. He stared out coldly at the colonel, then hopped out of his nest and strutted menacingly towards the starling that was not even half his size. I told you that I would do you harm the next time I saw you. Yeah, 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 old feather duster, yeah. And by the way, you still owe me for that scarf. No, 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 Maggie, old chap. Less of the nail calling, or I'll set my friend on you. Mr. Maggie's eyes followed the direction the colonel pointed in. Squawk! roared Mr. Maggie in fright when he saw the size of the gannet that accompanied the colonel. Now, now, Maggie, fret not. He'll do you no harm. Colonel Starling relished the discomfort and fear in Mr. Maggie's behaviour. Mr. Maggie had jumped back into his nest and covered his eyes with his left wing. The white feathers in his chest and his wingtips were clearly visible. I say, old chap, we're here for a bit of business. Mr. Maggie lowered his wing enough for one eye to peer out at his pair of visitors. Business, did you say? What sort of business? We're interested in a pair of goggles, old chap. And my friend here will pay for them. And and he'll also pay for my scarf. Won't you? Uh, yeah, 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 sure, sure, said Gary's dad. Annoyed that the colonel implied that he would hurt anybody, and doubly annoyed that he also got landed with paying for the colonel's scarf. Mr. Maggie was tempted to haggle a price with his guests before he did any work, but he took another look at Gary's da and decided against it. He returned to his nest and started to rummage through the piles of items that he had collected over the previous months. After an extensive, messy five-minute search, Mr. Maggie reappeared with a pair of goggles in his bill. He approached Gary's da and dropped the goggles on the ground at his feet. One of the lenses needs to be replaced, but other than that they're as good as new, he said, before he started to gather up the items he had thrown out of his nest. I say, old chap, let me see them. 
said Colonel Starling. He picked up the goggles and looked through them. Mr. Maggie was indeed correct. One of the lenses had to be replaced. Yes, yes, they passed, Muster. Go ahead and pay him. And don't forget about the scarf, reminded Mr. Maggie as he flung the final littered item, a glass marble, back into his nest with a swipe of his left wing. How much? Two hundred can. Who's your horses there, Maggie, old boy? That's a bit steep, don't you think? Mr. Maggie squinted at the colonel and his giant accomplice and quickly decided to readjust his price. One hundred and fifty. That's my final price. Gary's dad looked at the colonel, who after a few seconds' contemplation nodded his approval. Okay, we've got a deal. Mr. Maggie nodded contently as he counted each seed that was added to his purse. One hundred and forty-eight, one four-nine, one hundred and fifty. Twas a pleasure doing business with you. Now, get lost, go on, take a hike, the pair of you, and don't let the door hit you on the way out. With that, he picked up the Persley's bill and jumped back into his nest and disappeared under one of his collections of shiny, sparkly items that he had recently acquired. Consider the scarf to be my finder's fee, said the colonel as they walked back towards the watering hole. He was very happy with the way he got Gary's dad to sort out his debt for him. How did you end up owing that magpie? Long story, old chap. But it's sorted now, thanks to your good self. And do not forget, you got what you wanted too. If I was still in the Air Force, I'd call that killing two birds with the one stone. Huzzah! Gary's dad stared at the colonel. Hmm. This Starling's an interesting character. Strange, more like, very strange. He looked at the pair of goggles that he had just purchased. They're a bit big for my son. Fret not, old chap. They're adjustable, you know. The colonel picked up the strap with his bill, loosened a small buckle and pulled the strap through. There you go. That should fit him now. Indeed it should. What's your son's name anyway, old chap? His name is Gary. Well, Gary will need to decide for himself on the thickness of the glass that goes in the goggles. Oh, I see. Ha, you see. (laughs) Jolly good old chap, jolly good. (laughs) 